Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good, Good evening. evening. Whenever you're listening to us, welcome, Prodigal and the Priest and me. This is our question rendition and... I did a little wardrobe change in between our last one because it's the end of the workday. We're getting ready to go to the World Series. That's right. We're going to eat so like 20 excited. hot dogs. We're going to watch. 400 hot dogs. That would be impressive. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. Have you heard that thing? That would ruin it. About the one chip challenge? No. What is it? The Pocky or Packy or whatever? One chip challenge? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my gosh. We should do it, but I'm a little scared. It's the Carolina Reaper on this one chip. It's this one chip. The chip oh, costs a pepper. Five. Yeah, it, it's a black chip, and they've put these peppers on it, like three different concoction blends. Oh no, that and, would destroy me. Yeah, I know, but like for <laughs> charity or something. But not at this game. No, 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 no. Like I'm talking just experience. with our. Oh, yeah, yeah, with our podcast. Sometimes, yeah. If I could like block out a week to recover a afterwards, week? very fragile. <laughs> do you like spicy foods? I do like spicy foods. They just don't like me that much. I agree. But I like them. And I, I like eat dairy. Them. It doesn't like me. Dude, I had the Popeyes spicy chicken sandwich a little while ago when I was on vacation. Mmm. How was it? Delicious. Popeyes. That's remember all I have to whole, say about it. Remember <laughs> that whole thing between Popeyes and Chick-fil-A? Like, who's better? You remember this whole no, thing? No, somebody brought that up the other day, but I don't remember it. You missed? I just, haven't uh, really watched TV in a long time, except for this last year. There you go. Sports. Well, there was a whole thing. Popeyes came out with the chicken sandwich, and then Chick-fil-A like tweeted at him, like, hey, we're kind of the original chicken sandwich, and then... It was like selling out because all these people were like, which is better, Chick-fil-A this? Mm. Here's the deal, flat out. Chick-fil-A is better because of the Chick-fil-A sauce. I've heard mm. the Popeye sandwich is crispier and better and just an overall better experience. Mm. But I think Chick-fil-A sauce just puts it over. Chick-fil-A is, you know, it's good. Right, but just the sandwich, no sauce, it's like, meh. I've never, I don't know. What sauce do you go for? I'm not sure. Are you? I always get the spicy chicken sandwich, uh, original, not deluxe, and I don't say anything else. Should I be ordering a sauce on the sandwich? Are you? Well, you can't get it on the sandwich, but you get it in. Oh, and you, put, you dip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I dip the fries. I don't normally dip the sandwich. What do sandwich. you dip the fries in? Chick-fil-A sauce. You don't put the sandwich? Chick-fil-A. No, it's a oh. small little container. You ask for more than one. Well, I have I a mean, teen who works at a Chick-fil-A and said once they gave it. 20 Chick-fil-A sauces was were requested and they gave them. Mm. They got so. a great workplace culture. They're there, <laughs> there to serve. So that has nothing to do with our questions here Except today. now I'm hungry. <laughs> I know. We'll take it out at the game. All right, here we go. Ready to answer some intense questions? Yeah, let's do them quickly so I can go eat some Popeyes or something. All right. <laughs> well, the first one comes... Uh, <clears throat> oh, no. I don't have the name. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. 
Anne Marie. Anne Marie. Thank you for writing in. Anne Marie says, Hey, I'm just wondering a few months ago, my friend Patty sent a question in mm-hmm. and it was about um, the Byzantine rite and the Roman rite and the differences. Um, Joey, you acknowledge receiving the question and said a little bit of research was needed to answer. How, however, um, the question, question has not been answered yet. There's a friend of Father Paul's who we've called in as a specialist, which is funny because we reread the question and they're just like, hey, just give us some basic like difference. a simple explanation. Simple. And we're like, no, we're going to find an expert. We're going to get mm-hmm. the details. So Anne-Marie, Patty, we have not ignored you. We're on our way. We're on We've contacted. Save you. I don't know if we can say his name officially this. since no, he's not, not committed. But once he's committed, we've we contacted somebody to give us the difference between the Byzantine and the Roman rites. Um, so we should easily be able to answer this by June. <laughs> and I want everyone to, that was very funny. I don't think Joey got the like I should have requisite applaud, amount I, I of laughter. I should have applauded myself yeah, exactly. on the, the uh, Cause thing. Because I, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, notice that it says, it's been a few months. <laughs> And that's all my fault. Like, Joey asked me immediately, hey, what do you think about this? I was like, I'll answer it later. Yeah. Anne-Marie, Patty, I'm sorry. Mia culpa. Sorry, not sorry. Mia culpa. Super. We're going to make it up to you. We're going to have... You're coming to the World Series <laughs> with us tonight. <laughs> no, you're not. Okay. No, but we'll People get there are like, pretty These soon. guys are Next just like weeks. not focusing. Okay. Big waste of time. Yep. Okay. So, yes, Anne-Marie, Patty, it is coming. We're, we're, we will make it happen. Okay. Why does St. Anne's not ring the bells during the consecration? I think it's such an important part and such a good symbol for children to be able to stop and realize that something miraculous is occurring. It would help parents out um, so much that they teach their children about the Mass. It may also be helpful to some distracted adults, too. So, Mm. I think this is anonymous. Let's see. Yep. All our questions are anonymous. Anonymous. Besides one or two. So, um, Anonymous. Were you an altar server growing up? Yeah, I was. Okay. Me too. My parish. Yeah, had, I, I rang the bells. I, I remember the bells. that. It was fun. <clears throat> I'm all about the bells. I like the bells. It's just, uh, it's not Each our thing. Each its own, right? Yeah, it's not our thing right now at St. Anne. But um, but I definitely support the bells. But and if I'm pastor, it'll be Yeah, when right? I'm pastor, I'll change all the things. I mean, if you um, were, I'm not saying St. Anne's, but mm-hmm. you're made pastor of a, I don't know, I was a youth minister in Ennis. So you're made pastor in Ennis, which they already have the bells. But I mean, you add the bells if it doesn't have the bells. Yeah. Yeah. I'm That's a fan just of the bells. Thing, fan. I like all the, all the things. I think it's a, a well-phrased question, like that it, you know, calls us to mind. I think everything we can do to help ourselves recognize that this is not normal. Mm-hmm. Like we're not, you know, it's so easy to get distracted or to fall into kind of, habitual attendance of mass um and okay take for instance um i like to chant parts of the mass not every priest does that but one of the reasons i like to do it is that i've noticed that it changes the atmosphere right away like it just it has a transformative effect Mm. on the atmosphere and helps you realize right away this is not normal this is not something that like, you know, I attend just casually. 
Also, if you go back to last weekend's mass on our live stream, you can see <laughs> where Father Paul was chanting at the... Was it the five or the ten? No, it was five. The five it was the five. And it was the uh, end of the the prayer over the gifts or something. Yeah, it was right before the Lord be with you and with your spirit, right? That part. Yeah. And the Lord accepts the sacrifice at your hands. That part you chanted right before there. Yeah. And yeah, you like knew you butchered there. it or something or just like came in at a weird ending. There's a, and you there's just a see fifth his face interval. Like, and I normally I normally hit that, but I'm always a little tentative with mm. the fifth, like da da. <laughs> um, and I just every once in a while I miss it, especially because okay, just a little overshare. But when I'm chanting at mass, um, it's pretty much the only time I'm singing all week where I can hear myself amplified over a microphone, <laughs> right? And I'm still not really used to it, and so I start like overcorrecting and listening to myself if I'm not just really trying to focus. And for and, those who listen who haven't been to St. Anne's, it's a really echoey place. So it also yeah, reverbs a little in place. a weird So I hear way. it back. And sometimes when you get a reverb, it comes back and it's a little flat or something. And I'm like, oh, is that because I'm flat? And I start overthinking it. And then I just like, I just, I knew I missed that note. And I just made a face and I was like, oh. I, bet, I bet Joey's got the camera zoomed like right in on my face. Right oh, now. yeah, we did. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the money shot. So go back and watch last weekend. <laughs> Bloopers. That's right. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I wish we had it, too. Same reason that this person with children, uh, I would imagine, asked it. Um, yeah, I wish for Dom and Fran. You know, they hear those bells and realize something, like mm -hmm. we all said, and look up and for parents Ooh, as well. Quick story about bells. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joey hates it when we get sidetracked. No, I, like, I, lo oh. I love it. So when I lived in... Uh, Jerusalem for seven months um, as part of my studies like we heard a lot of the call to prayer uh, which is the Muslim call to prayer at different times every day um, from the minarets they would broadcast it out <clears throat> um, we would hear the the Shabbat siren uh, announcing the beginning of Shabbat on Friday evenings of Sabbath for uh, the Jewish people right um, we didn't hear a ton of bells, and then after I, but, okay, so I loved my time in Jerusalem. When I moved back to Rome after that semester, just to be surrounded by church bells on Sunday and, like, the Angelus bells every day and stuff, it just, it was like, oh, I'm home. Yeah. Um, there's something about church bells, and I, I know we're talking about the little ones you ring at Mass, but, like, there's something about church bells that just sort of, makes me feel at home and i love saint anne's yeah. our big bells you know they're um, great every hour even though they disrupt our announcements every time we're trying to do <laughs> that's it. right <laughs> you must love then uh uh the easter vigil where they're yes. just cranking the bells during the gloria oh, it's it like you can't so... even hear hear what they're saying and you're just like oh and it's like bring 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 and you got yeah. a little altar server kid not knowing what they're doing they're just, just going to town yes exactly yeah. i love it i love it all right next question Next question. Um, seems like this comes from John. It seems like in olden days, the people of the parish would willingly give their time and talents to physically build their church. If the church has a need, um, example, leaky roof, why mm. does it not ask its parishioners to volunteer their time, talents to maintain or improve the church? Great question, John. We really appreciate good that. Really good question. That one, um, good insight. 
Unfortunately, it com- comes down to a lot of legal issues. Yes, yeah, it's like that- insurance and stuff. Yeah, and and you said you had a friend who, right, or somebody you knew. Yeah, that I've, they, I've they've heard got stories about. It. Yeah, like not being able to to hold the the project manager, or the laborers accountable if the quality isn't good because you know you got it for free. Right. Um, and yeah, we've all had that. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, yeah, and and so like, yeah, like John, the thing you're referring to, this, like, you see it in some of the some of the older churches right um even some of like the this what are they called like national churches like what in the time of a lot of italian immigrants and polish immigrants and stuff like these different nationalities would sort of like build their own church there's a much less sort of legally regimented Mm -hmm. time uh in the united states but like you can see the the care and the quality um of a lot of these things so like that's really beautiful um i wish we could do that but i don't i yeah. don't really think we can right yeah now we in live Dallas. in such just, a legalistic <clears throat> place um i i think in general the united states yeah. that i'm not just saying towards dallas i just yeah just in general united states culture right now is yeah very contract mm-hmm. legal oriented yeah unfortunate so. but you saying that reminds me of Venice, where my first yeah. job was St. John Nepomucene's Church, which literally um, the Czechoslovakian Czech? yeah. Yeah, immigrants that came over to pick cotton in the fields built the church yeah. by hand, brick by brick, the window, like amazing. Like it's so, just the whole, everything <laughs> awesome. about it is awesome. Um, I was thinking of the painted churches when you go like further down central yeah. Texas. Um, Never done that. Always wanted to. I've done some of them. Uh, I took a vacation there some years ago when I was still studying, but I came back for a summer. Uh, me and some priest friends rented a Airbnb barn <laughs> in central Texas, kind of close to Shiner. And well, I was going to ask <laughs> if it was close to Shiner. Yeah. Did you go to Shiner Factory as well? Oh, of course. I can't drink beer. I've got an allergy to it. So I was just Alleged. watching. <laughs> I was just there as a bystander. Wait, had you already found out about yeah, this allergy? I oh. found that out like, 2011 or so but um but it's still really cool and so like Cyril and Methodius that's not one of the painted churches but still this like old Czech church that was probably built you know by hand um and then we visited some of the some of the Czech and German um just old beautiful Catholic churches yeah man the Czechs beautiful churches (laughs) amazing kolaches kolaches are the bomb man just so and they're strudel Best kolache place? Oh, gosh. Probably in know. Ennis, right? Not in Dallas for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Places in Ennis. I bet Father uh, Henry, though, would say West, where he grew yeah. up. West, and there's two in West. There's one that's called Slovacheks, and that's his favorite. I've been to that. Uh, the Czech stop is the one that I know a little bit better. Um, right. But I'll take his word for it. He grew up there. Yeah. We'll and let then him, he'll say his yeah. mothers were better than both. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, go ahead. Why don't you ask a question, Father? Yeah. Okay. So from Cat, we have a question, and it's basically about memory and the redemption of memory, the reclaiming of memory. Hmm. Um, there's a lot to this question. I'm going to kind of summarize. Um, but I think the the gist of the question is like everyone all of us um, 
have memories that we would rather not have in our past, right? Um, and sometimes that can bring us down, um, but there's got to be a way for God to redeem also our memory, right? Um, and she uses the image of the, the resurrection um, of Christ as redemptive of the body as a whole. Um, and so how does that... How does that extend also to memory? And I think that's a really good question. Um, that like Christ wants to reclaim all of us from sort of the darkness of not knowing him. Right. Um, and bring it into the light. Um, do you have any, I, I've got some thoughts on that, but since I'm asking the question. Oh, there you go. No, 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 um, no go ahead. I think they specifically <clears throat> mentioned you, so I'll let you, uh, okay. I'll let you um, go for it. So, I think, well, just to start with prayer is extremely important. Um, this is really a process that happens through prayer, and depending on the kind of memories somebody's dealing with, um, especially if there's something like traumatic, like yep. definitely including the help of a psychologist or a counselor. Absolutely. Like, can help tremendously to, to kind of bring those memories to light and... Um, <clears throat> and also to uh, to help bring them in bringing them to a light, bring them to a place where God can uh, sort of redeem those. Um, I think I don't know. It it really depends on the person because it can be easy for us to sort of try and self-examine too much and to get caught in this loop of kind of like navel-gazing type self-examination. Right. Um, and there's something really refreshing about being able to get out of our heads at certain points. Um, so I, I want to just start with that as a qualifier. Um, but then, like, there's also a real value to um, developing a habit of self-reflection, of an examination of conscience and of life, being able to look over our life and and see uh, the places where we have responded to God's grace and where we have willingly um, refused God's grace, mm-hmm. um, and to give thanks and praise uh, for all of it. You do um, that every day. Yeah, I, I make an examination of conscience. It's a, it's it's a. Some days I do better than others. Right. Um, but it's it's a really important habit for the just for developing your spiritual life being able to because so the thing is like we're all fallen and a big part of our spiritual journey is coming to grips with that um because we have a a certain pride in us that's like no I'm not like the others or no, I, I, I would never do that, or no, I've never, I've never done anything like that. Um, and you see it sometimes when people first come back to confession, uh, first time in a long time, they don't have the habit of examining their conscience very well. And so they'll confess things, and then they'll immediately try and justify it by like saying how they made up for it. Like there's, there's a certain pride there that doesn't want to admit, like, I really fell, and it was just me. It was nobody's fault. Right. Um, 
And so there's a certain maturity in the spiritual life that comes from being able to accept in all humility that that really is the case. Like, I'm really not as good as I think I am. Um, just all of us. Right. And being able to accept as the result of that realization that um, I, needs, I need God's grace that much more. I should be that much more dependent on him if I'm not as strong as I thought it was. Right. Um, or as I would like to be, or as I've been telling myself I am. So all of that is, is I think, intimately tied to developing a habit of self-examination um, under the, the guidance and the light of the Holy Spirit and this process of the reclaiming of memory, because what we're, it, it's not, it's not any attempt to like, to like erase one's memory or forget. It's, it's an attempt rather to be able to see it all in the context of God's goodness. Right. Um, and so to look back and feel, you know, genuine contrition for the times when I've fallen um, but to have that contrition not lead me into this, this sort of like self-absorbed shame, um, but rather drive me to grow closer to God. Right. Um, cause like I, I say self-absorbed shame because there is a type of shame that can lead us into a despair of God's mercy. I'll never be good enough. Right. Um, and that's just like pride flipped on its head. Um, and it's, it's a trap from the evil one like all of those different lies are. Um, and so th- there's not really like a, a magic formula to it or just something that you do. It's just, it's a habit of growing closer to God in prayer and becoming more comfortable examining my own actions and my own intentions um, and feeling a, a true sorrow and a contrition, but in the context of so, so I need to turn and ask God for forgiveness and I need to depend on him that much more. And, mm-hmm. you know, thanks be to God for the times when he has uh, prevented me by his grace from falling. I see like what I'm capable of now and where my life could have gone. Right. Um, so I, that's, that's a lot. And I think that goes kind of beyond the question, but um, well, and the it only, is all tied together. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> the only thing I would add to that not in regards to sin, but in regards to tragedy and allowing uh, God yeah. to speak into it. Um, no, that's a good distinction. Yeah. I remember after Kiara passed away, um, our daughter, we did go see a counselor, and one of the most beautiful things she did was walk Nikki and I through um, the moment that we lost our daughter and she passed away and had us pray with that moment. Mm-hmm. Say, like, where do you see God in this moment? Mm-hmm. This horrific, you know, tragic moment. Where do you see the Lord? <clears throat> what do you see him saying to you? Do you, you know, do you feel like Our Lady is saying something to you? And, you know, obviously redeeming to a certain extent, obviously it was a huge tragedy. But, mm-hmm. I mean, bringing a closure about in that moment of tragedy to say, even in that worst of worst moments, the savior of the world was there. Mm-hmm. He was present with us. Mm-hmm. So, and that was done with a professional counselor. <laughs> Not, right. yeah. you know, just add that out. But yeah, just thought I'd toss that out that that's also good.
for people to be able to um, know that those types of things, if they've experienced, you know, PTSD, emotional things, tragic yeah. things, there's ways to bring in our faith into those moments to go back with professionals that are able to examine and say, where was the Lord in this moment? What is he trying to convey in this memory? How is he trying to redeem it? Yeah. So, And just to build off of that a little bit, like important to realize that that's not always the, the professional domain of a priest. Um, a lot of people come to priests as if they are professionally trained counselors. Mm. And while there is some overlap in what a priest does and giving spiritual direction and that kind of thing, like um, I like <laughs> they made it very clear to us in seminary and I've seen it. It's, it's very true. Like that is not my competency. Right. Um, and it would be dangerous if I tried to uh, pretend it, it were my competency. Um, and so I want to say that, first of all, um, because I think Catholics like to go ask priests as kind of authority figures uh, on a wide variety of subjects. Right. But also, like, I know a lot of good Catholic counselors. Like, there is a, there's something really good going on in, like, the Dallas, Coppell, Irving area. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, if you are a parishioner here and you're struggling with something and you're like, well, that sounds like something that a counselor could help with, like, you can, you know, reach out and ask me. I hope I don't get a billion emails because I'm not good at responding to them quickly. <laughs> but, um, but, like, there are ways to find you help. And we, we have people who can help you grieve here at the parish um, if you're grieving something in particular. Like our Stephen ministry. Yeah, our Stephen. Thank you. Um, I was trying to come up with the name. <laughs> um, uh, so we have a ministry dedicated to that here. We have a ministry dedicated towards like a type of spiritual direction, which which is more, um, they can devote more time than I can mm-hmm. uh, here. And also like we have contacts to good Catholic counselors, some of whom are like full on, psychiatrists psychiatrists said that very weird um and can deal with like really big um stuff even on the level of childhood trauma and that kind of thing and other ones who are licensed counselors um and like it has a lot of good resources that we have so right if you're struggling with something don't hesitate to reach out and maybe we can help you find the right person but also know that Patty's been waiting three months for her question <laughs> to be answered. So don't put yeah, too much right. hope in us. Okay. Uh, last question. Here we go. Um, this anonymous, um, very heartfelt question. So um, this person says, my sister's husband um, died last April. She did not receive any support from her parishes, priests, deacons, lay people. They did not give her any type of support. Her husband was so devout um, to the Catholic faith. My question is, why? Why is, why is that Catholic parish um, not care about the families who are mourning? Um, not just her parish, but across the country. So I just want to stop and say, immediately after reading this question, um, first, we are sorry for the loss. If you feel um, compelled to email us um, his name, we'd love to pray for him, in the yeah. repose of his soul. Second is... I'm sorry that was your experience. Um, I'm yeah. very sorry that that is the experience that 
uh, your family uh, went through with a loss because as somebody who's experienced a deep loss, that's the last thing you want to experience in the moment that you are mourning and grieving. You want to be able to turn to your church and your church family to be able to be lifted up. Yeah. I don't have any excuses for that. I know we're all human. I know, I don't, you know, I don't know if you want to speak at all to the priest part that I know you all, you know, say a lot of funerals, all that. It's not justifying. Uh, We're not justifying anything. We're not justifying anything that, um, you know, way you felt you were wronged, you know, we're not defending any of that and never would. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to say on the, on, on the, Priest part. Yeah, I can just say that like there's obviously a lot of pain in this question, a lot of hurt, and um, like I'm sorry, and I want to make it. I want to make it better. Um, I I wish I knew the situation better, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if at this point, like trying to explain anything is is really going to be that helpful. Except except to say like we're we're here for you and we want to be your support, and yeah. I know that's true of. Um, everyone at our parish and all the priests that I know personally and so many good lay people as well. And Um, unfortunately we live in a fallen world with human people and you know, and, and that's the reality of the situation. Uh, now this person does hit on a point that we did speak about a few episodes ago with walking with people in crisis though. Um, they asked towards the end, you know, kind of why do Catholic parishes have a tough time helping out families who mourn and other parishes across the country? And and we did point out in that episode, as an American culture, we're not very good at grieving or mourning and all of that. And, yeah. and they point out something well here that I think a lot of other people, their life goes on and in an American culture. It's, mm-hmm. hey, rise up, do do good, you know, like keep going. You got it, you know, they, and it's it's meant to be a positive thing instead of sitting with people in that moment mm-hmm. of their mourning and grieving. Um, so, you know, I don't know if they were able to listen to that episode, if that brought any, you know, comfort, but we acknowledge that as an American culture, we're yeah. terrible at this. And yeah. this is something that only because of tragedy in my life, I've tried to work on so hard when somebody shares like, this is what they're going through to sit with them in that moment. So, Mm-hmm. I don't know anything else you want to add there. Just that um, I don't know who you are. It's anonymous, but I will I will pray for you. I'll pray for you and for the repose of the soul of your sister's husband and for uh, her and her family and all those who are affected. Um, and I don't know if you are one of our parishioners or if you're listening from another parish or somewhere across the country or whatever. But like, I would if you're hurting. I would encourage you to reach out to your local parish um, and to say, you know, I'm hurting. Can you help me? Um, yeah. Because as, as Joey said very well, like our culture, just people in general can be kind of inattentive to people's pain and can move on sometimes too quickly from it and forget about it. Um, and I don't want you to be forgotten about um, but that's going to take you having uh, maybe the some some courage to show that wound uh, so that it can get healed. Yeah, um, and we will be praying for you, and we 
Appreciate you reaching out. Uh, we appreciate all the questions. For anybody who has questions, make sure to reach out to us at prodigalandpriest at gmail.com or stamparish.org slash ptp. Um, thank you so much for all the questions, big and far. We will make sure to update you big on... Big yeah, yeah, forget it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you updated on the big thing, the World Series, right? Game six. Game six. Take care. God bless.